Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. What's up, guys? This is DJ with Push Performance Podcast. Uh, we got the staff here. We got Brandon Monahan. Say what's up, Brandon. What's up, guys? <laughs> Taylor Davis. Adios. Eric. What's up? Intern. <laughs> EE Strength. Mark, you hate that, huh? <laughs> Jordan. What's up, guys? And then special guest today, we have our business director, business partner, Mark Meisner. Hello, everybody. Big business. Marky uh, Mark. Marky Mark. So, yeah, today's episode, we're going to kind of just free ball it a little bit, see where we, what we end up with. Uh, we had a couple things scheduled. Um, next week, we'll be talking some speed stuff. Um, we got JP3, JP Sportman, our hitting guy. He'll be in the week after that. So right now we're just gonna kind of just see where we're at. I wanna, I'm gonna go around and talk to the guys what they're learning, who they're learning from, uh, who they learned from in the past, all that kind of stuff. So let's start with uh, Brandon, Brandon Monahan. Who, who, who's kind of your influential piece of learning right now? Um, right now I've been kind of really diving into a lot of um, Connor Harris, Alex Effer. Um, they've been doing, uh, basically they kind of, follow along with what a lot of what we do. Uh, Connor Harris kind of right now looks a lot into biomechanics of the pelvis, the foot, and then Alex Effer is also kind of within the same realm. Um, he kind of looks at maybe breathing a little bit more uh, within the thorax and, you know, manipulating the environment, cueing your breathing work to try and get a desired uh, result right now within um, an athlete or a general population. What are kind of your biggest takeaways? Like what is the biggest thing you've learned lately? Uh, just kind of how to look at the human body and the athlete uh, in kind of a different scope. Um, you know, right now we've been so uh, within our ideologies where, you know, we kind of look at a certain thing, but then now kind of really diving into these guys' works. And then they also, you know, they kind of play off of PRI quite a bit as well, where, you know, just kind of opens the, the perspective a little bit more. Um, you know, I kind of noticed movement a little differently than what I did, let's say, even just a few months ago to even a year ago, three years ago when we, you know, really started this. I hope so. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I know, I know that my programming has changed quite a bit. You know, I, you know, like we do our A blocks a certain way and I know mine's been, you know, been changing over just the last few months and then um, the way I kind of tailor and set up my workouts, that also kind of is, you know, changed a lot too to where, you know, there's certain exercises that we were doing that, you know, we thought we were maybe achieving a certain thing, but, you know, now we find other ways that are, you know, better to do what we were originally trying to achieve. Um, so I just... Give an example of that. I want, I want to learn that. Uh, so just like right now, just the way you kind of train, you know, the glute medes and adductors, um, you know, there's been a lot of stuff going around. We're just kind of doing like a mini pan monster walk is really not the best way to really maybe go after the glute meat. No. Um, look at the glute meat as two parts, the anterior and the posterior. And, you know, you can change what part of the muscle you're trying to hit, which is kind of the setup and the movement, the way you're kind of controlling your breathing through it. Um, so there's just a few ways. You just kind of want to look at the actual biomechanic of the muscle within the joint. Um, so you're looking essentially like on a glute meat, say it's right glute meat's weak is you're going to see like a left hip hike, for example, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're kind of looking at that more in depth versus just training, like, let's get the glute meat stronger. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, you want to just kind of look at, um, you know, like also I've been looking a lot into the just the gait cycle as well, you know, how, how the pelvis moves within the knee, within the, all the way down to the foot and ankle. Um, you know, like we always talk about how the body is a systematic chain or, 
you know, it's within systems. So it's kind of the same thing as, you know, now we're also taking an account for fluids and pressure of gases. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, we've talked about how lately there's no real certain kind of movement plane relative perspective, you know, where it's like your body doesn't necessarily know if it's in a, a frontal sagittal plane or it's rotation. It's exactly the body works within itself and it's all controlled rotations and not necessarily like, you know, when we were born, we didn't know what a sagittal plane no. was. Like we just knew movement and how to basically everything we're doing, everything we're doing, we're walking in rotation, we're sprinting in rotation. Right. Mm -hmm. So why is this just now coming up that this is the way we need to be trained guys, right? Where your body needs to resist certain directions of rotation. Your body wants to rotate a certain way because of your, your fluids, right? This isn't new stuff that we've learned lately. It's stuff that dates back to 1800s, right? Yeah. And it's stuff that kind of just got pushed aside. Now I think people are making this more popular again, and we can essentially manipulate different ranges of motion through a sideline pressurized position or a compression expansion mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. So why do you think it's just now becoming popular again? Is it maybe just the increase of science? Is it, what is, what's going on with that? I just think it's just come along with just advancement. Um, you know, just, you always talk about, oh, I'm old school and that, you know, that's just probably somebody that's stubborn and refusing to possibly just learn something new. Um, yes, there are, you know, your foundations and your fundamentals and the stuff that, you know, need to be there, the must haves. But then there's also like, hey, you know, there's other ways to get things done. And then, you know, just opening your eyes to it, maybe putting the ego in the back pocket a little bit and just, you know, looking at it a little bit differently where, you know, like we were just saying, it's, you know, rotation is rotation. And then um, I just lost what I was going with that thought. But, uh, um, yeah, you know, it's just it's well, everything we're doing is in rotation. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's just, you know, we're training. We're training movements, not muscles, and that's yeah. that's what I was trying to get yeah. to with that. Is basically, is you know, we're not stole my post from last week. Yeah, you know, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's you know, you look at one athlete and the way they move is going to be different from the athlete right next to them. And just because they're possibly both baseball players doesn't mean their bodies are going to move and get the same adaptation from the same. I mean, exercise. yeah, stereotypes, right? You have a left-handed hitter, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to be more of a narrow-framed guy, right? And they're going to rotate better than a right-handed hitter, but they're also going to need certain things it's within that scope of practice you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i mean going off that like we have a lot of guys that just want to load up the barbell you know how are we going to convince them to do a rear foot elevated split squat with a some kind of rotation pattern to increase his, his internal rotation because his rib cage won't rotate correctly because that's why it's causing his internal rotation deficit you know how are we going to get these guys to essentially buy in put the barbell away for a couple of weeks or in general, so for some cases, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you had a lot of guys this, this off season where they needed to put the barbell away. You know, yeah. they couldn't axial load themselves, or we don't really do that anyways too much. But uh, you know, how are we going to get that buy-in from the athlete essentially long term? Uh, I think it just comes from day one um, expectations basically you just kind of let the, the athlete know what your path is for them the first day they kind of come in um, and i think that starts in the the initial assessment where you know after you you assess the athlete you tell them what you see why you see it why you're looking at it and how it's going to affect their performance on and off the field like within the weight room and then if you kind of create that roadmap for them it kind of gives them something that they can kind of see over a timeline um, and then kind of holds them accountable too, to where 
you know, let's say three months, you've achieved what you told them you were going to achieve, that kind of holds its credibility within itself. You know, they can kind of see like, all right, this guy told me, you know, in three months, there's going to be some possible adaptations that are going to be taking place, whether it's, you know, you're working on internal rotation of the hips, fixing the shoulder, you know, maybe cleaning up the thorax or, you know, what it may be at the time. If you kind of tell them day one, like, hey, this is where you're at. And then, you know, one month, two months, three months, this is what I, you know, hope to see. You know, we're not going to guarantee anything. You can't really do that when it comes to stuff we've done, too, is like pull a kid off the floor and say, hey, like after you do this, this exercise, let's retest your hip. Mm -hmm. Right. They gain 10 more degrees of internal rotation. Like, what the hell? Like, how the hell did that happen? You know, so that's I mean, that's immediate buy in right there, too. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. The assessment, you know, doing a test and then showing them maybe something that's going to possibly clean that up, do it with them, and then they can see it right then and there that, like, all right, like, you know, if my thorax isn't stacking, you know, properly over my pelvis, then I do have some kind of issues going on, and, you know, this stuff can, you know, fix that. Love that. Good shit, Brandon. <laughs> Jordan, what do you got? Can I just, say what, can I just say what Brandon said? <laughs> um, <laughs> look, so, I, I mean, I've, I've been trying to dabble in a lot of stuff, um, you know, being being a year out of college, like there's still a lot to learn. Um, and I've been doing, I'm and have just honestly just talking to a lot of guys, like obviously following people on social media, but um, learning and talking to Brandon and me and him spent probably three hours last week, just workshopping kind of what he just talked about. We were talking, we said we were talking about a shoulder and we're talking about how different breathing um, mechanisms can change the way your shoulder goes in overhead flexion and where you can test it actively and understand how thorax is moving when you're trying to um, relate it to overhead flexion and like how you're moving. And then you go, you can take that into how they play on the field and try to understand how they get themselves into an active range of motion and how they try and throw a baseball. Um, and I mean, going into and talking to um, our guest from last week, Dr. Austin, and you can just understand different, um, like when you have one of your own patients in there on an injury, say, okay, well, why am it, why is he injured? So you hang out in there and you're talking and you learn, learning more and just giving you a whole better idea of how to attack it. So and that's taking just taking more of a holistic approach. Yeah. And like, like understanding that the, the body is one system. It's not like okay, this pulls in this plane and this pulls in that plane. And then once, once you're out of that plane, it doesn't matter. So, I mean, the biggest thing that I've realized is I learned this years ago. Thank God is like what Brandon literally just said is train movements, not muscles. Yeah. Right. So that doesn't take the skill specificity out of it. Like, it, you know, we're, we're still don't want to like, okay, you rotate. So let's throw more med balls. You yeah. know, it's not about that. It's more so it's breaking it down the kinetic chain, exactly. the floor up from inward outward. And understanding, and you can understand that like hip internal, a lack of hip internal rotation breaks the kinetic chain. So all the power, like you can have a great deadlift, but it's not going to translate down the mound if you have a break in that kinetic chain. And then like, and that break can be anywhere. So understanding that and being able to apply that into a movement aspect and say, I want to, I want my athlete to move better. What's, what's the biggest thing you've learned since joining our staff versus what you were previously doing before this? Um, taking this, that's the holistic approach and being able to really dive into what each athlete needs and not just like the a generic cookie cutter 
um, external rotation exercise, like understanding that, okay, when we're a pitcher, like our, our arm is going to be up. It's not going to be pinned on our side. So we can't just train external rotation in our shoulder there. Like you would want to put it in a place that relates. Horizontal abduction. Yeah. You want to put it in a place that. Plane patterns that they can't see. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys are on a podcast. I'm holding my arm up. Yeah. So like what you're holding your arm in scat plane and then going into external rotation that matters to a pitcher and somebody who's going to throw a baseball, not as much in their like having your elbow pinned on your side and everything Brandon had said, breathing stuff. Like I remember very vividly, my very first day here was an in-service and DJ started talking about breathing and I had no idea what the fuck was going on. I was like, what is, what is this? And you know, nine months are, and I almost know what we're talking about. Just kidding. I kind of, oh, we, we still don't know. We still, still don't know. Still really know. I, mean, I mean, and that's the, but that's the cool thing because everything is so evolving. And it's like Brandon said, like if you get stuck in what you learned 10 years ago, like it doesn't matter at all because everything changes every like science changes the understanding of bodies change shit the game of baseball has changed so much in five years like when i was getting recruited 85 was tight people like you throw 85 that's sweet now you throw 93 and people are like yeah like that's yeah okay (laughs) like that's true like you're like you you come into our gym throw on the mound and throw 90 95 9 and you're not even on our velo board so that doesn't make the like like that doesn't 96 flat doesn't even make our own velo board here like you have to, like the game of baseball has changed. Exercise science as an entire field has changed. Running used to be good for well, you. Well, problem going on that on the complete <laughs> complete change of topic here. Never Exercise science is a bad term for it, bad degree for what we're doing. Yeah, in my opinion, I have that. I think you have that, right? You have that. You have that. You have that. So I mean, let's let's go on that topic real quick. We'll get to you, Taylor <laughs> yeah. and Eric. You know, exercise science is complete opposite of what we're doing, right? Yeah. We're not exercising, right? So that's that's the biggest issue right there. So like, I know I've learned more. Like we just had a conversation off off mic. Was I've learned more from coaching over the years by myself than anything I've ever learned in school, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing more valuable than on floor experience and like just getting your hands dirty and doing it. Because even if you do it wrong, like you learn. Yep. And, and then you like see the movement, you can't, and it's like, like training, nothing we do is a textbook. The best thing I've ever heard is we're training athletes, not textbooks. Exactly. Right. So, you know, when we're going over in-service stuff with you, Eric, it's like, what do you want to learn this week kind of thing? Right. But we have a whole pack of what you want to learn, but you're, you've had two great internships prior to this, you know, so why are we going to regress him? You know, why are we going to regress you? Mm-hmm. You know, so our biggest thing is getting you on the floor learning the movements, learning what our, our verbiage is, how, why, why we call each exercise, what we call, call it, you know what I mean? So I'm going with that. What, like, who are you learning from right now? What do you like? Who have you learned from in the past? Like, what's your biggest takeaway from joining our team? Uh, so, I mean, right now, obviously all of you guys at push. So, uh, a lot, you know, Brandon's had his way. This is his first time really talking, guys. So this might be ugly as shit. So <laughs> just letting you know. Hey, I'm, I'm not a good public speaker. I, I did get in the class in school, but uh, I mean, learning a lot from Brandon and Taylor. Uh, you know, Brandon's head is way too small for his brain, but you know. I think we're all us coaches have had a good influence on your programming, right? We yeah. all program differently. 
Yeah. You know, but each athlete needs a certain way. Yeah. You know, you're going to get the same product when you come in here, yeah. right? You're going to have the same verbiage. You're going to have this stuff, but like his athlete might need something different than my athlete, but you know, we might have a similar athlete and program might look the exact same, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, what's, what's the biggest difference between, I guess, us and then the, you're the Indians, right? Mm -hmm. The Indians or us and Cressy or, What's the difference? Like, what are you learning most that you never had? Does it programming? Is that what you? Yeah, I mean, programming. I never really got the chance to actually program like for a specific athlete. So, being able to you know take them on the table and like give them an assessment and then kind of transition it. Yeah, I had to do an assessment. My I had to help with an assessment on my first day, and I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> what I was looking at. And that goes back to like your degree that you gain in college. Like, yeah, it teaches you like the muscles and the origins insertions and the actions and like the very base level stuff. But like taking that onto the floor is just a totally different animal. And then trying to figure out how those muscles like work with each other, how they interact with each other. Um, and then from there generating like an exercise to help this individual athlete. It's just like a totally different animal that you're not going to learn one, unless they have just an incredible major out there that nobody knows about <laughs> in our field. Um, but other than that, it's just getting on the floor learning from coaches, learning from different people. Like, I think, I mean, Eric's had internship with the Indians, internship with Cressy, and now with us. So three almost completely different internships. Um, I was at Gonzaga for an internship where they did something totally different. I was at DJ and Push in Colorado, and then I was at TCU. So I was like learning from different people and different opportunities and different coaches and taking things you like, taking things you don't like, and then kind of conforming your own kind of identity as a strength coach, I would say is like, what the majority of like strength coaches have to do because you're not going to get it out of a degree yeah 100 i think identity like you said that's the best keyword like who you are as a coach mm -hmm. right yeah. um your your outlook's different than eric's outlook or brandon's outlook you know it's which we need i don't want to have 15 dj edwards coaching for me I, either, oh man you guys 15. Yeah, you know what i mean <laughs> well between both locations right like yeah. i don't want coaches to be exactly like me you know chris adams is an elite coach but he coaches differently you know chris adams teaches us you know teaches us a lot of stuff grant subs is a great coach joe rosenstein is a great coach right they're all emily linus is an atc she she's as smart if not smarter than everybody in this room you know so it's just really depends on who you are who you learn from you know we can't forget that that's the number one thing and you know, there's a reason why we do our internship the way we do with you is, you know, just go on the floor, mingle with the athletes, learn about them, who they are first and foremost. You know, let's ask them how their Friday night was. You know, what they do? They hang out with their friends, they hang out with their girlfriend, get a good idea of what they're doing. You know, and that kind of tells a story of how they're moving, why they're moving the way they do, you know, why they're moving like shit, why they're moving well, you know, you know, especially some pro guys on a Monday morning, it might, it's kind of a, you know, it might be kind of an issue with guys moving, you know, <laughs> little, you know, it's golf, right? Little, little too, yeah, exactly. I need a little too much grease, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, speaking of which, you just started golfing, Taylor. How's that going? It's so hard. Say, <laughs> you only hit one house on Saturday, so <laughs> only one house. It's not bad. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. That How many bad. balls you lose? Four. You lost four? No, where do you play? No, four on nine no. holes. Oh. On nine oh. holes? Did I hit two? You hit one house, two in the water, and then yeah. one you just you lost. You keep it in score, too? You lost in the I golf. I golf. <laughs> I golf. <laughs> I golf. <laughs> what the hell? 
I got the better <laughs> yesterday, but there were like there were three par fives instead of the one par five we played. So we're there was no, better. but there was nobody there to and see I had anything to golf about with it. Two random people that were like trying to teach me how to golf. It was oh. it was awful. I, was <clears> going, <throat> I felt bad for those guys. Yeah, no. I felt <laughs> so bad. About All it. I'm saying is that I heard it on the last hole on Saturday, and your worst, your best drive was my worst drive, and we tied that hole. So we did. You're so good, Eric. That's yeah. tough. That's so good. Taylor, we'll see this weekend. Taylor, who who are you learning from? Who have you learned from the past? Um, you, thank you, appreciate that. <laughs> but I mean, you know, for real, so like, who are, you, who are you diving into right now? What what have, what have we taught you? What have you learned from Zach? What have you learned from? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, kind of give us your background of who you're learning from. What you what your what interests you right now? I guess. Um, yeah, so kind of like taking that idea of like learning from everybody. So it's like I took a lot from DJ in my first internship, and I took some from Dakin, like in the collegiate setting and the team setting stuff like that. Like I couldn't take exactly what. I learned from DJ my first internship and the rest of the push staff and use that at TCU just because like in terms of like the athletes and how many athletes you have, it doesn't really work out like that. So kind of taking something from everybody that you've learned from and everybody that's like out there, like Connor Harris is another one that I've been looking at. Um, and just through Instagram, like social media is like, you don't have to pay for a lot of like knowledge. Like there's a lot of free knowledge out there through Instagram, through social media, YouTube. And you, yeah, YouTube, there's a lot of videos, a lot of explanations, stuff like that on YouTube. Um, so you like using that stuff to your advantage helps a lot. Um, something that I'm into right now, me and the other push coaches in Colorado are taking it, or we're taking the prescript level one course. Um, it's a, I think it's a 14 week course, um, but it's full, filled with like PowerPoint. So right now we just went through, we just finished up the shoulder and talking about like, we had one lesson about talking about like the anatomy and physiology of shoulder, which is, stuff that some I knew, some I didn't know. And then we also, and then the next, we started going to like movements and like function and like thinking about like, okay, what does the serratus do? The serratus protracts my scapula, it stabilizes my scapula in, pro, in, uh, in protraction and stabilizes it in, in retraction as well. But what I didn't know is what I learned is that the serratus also stabilizes the rib cage and lateral, so resists lateral compression. So if I do something sideline, I'm also working my serratus. It doesn't have to be, in protraction like if my if i'm laying on my side and my serratus isn't stabilizing my scalp and stabilizing my ribcage and everything will just fall to the midline well there's a reason why pri uses that sideline you've never seen it it's a supine it's a supine abduction test right where you lay off the table and how far your your arm can go off the table essentially shows that compression, compression. expansion, expansion yep. right so that's because the serratus is a secondary respiratory muscle, mm -hmm. right? So you can change flows through that way. What Brandon was saying, we won't, we can do that a different episode, but <laughs> that's a full, yeah, episode. That's a full episode. Right there. <laughs> some. But and some, some. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? So like taking, you know, nobody's come up with the point of this whole thing is nobody's made up their own shit. Yeah, there's nothing right? new coming there's out. There's nothing new coming out, out there. right? Yeah. Everybody needs to give everybody credit for who they who they learned yeah. from. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's I was talking to somebody yesterday. He's like, yeah, this, he, all he did was took my video, took my watermark off my video and posted it and used it as his own. I was like, that's kind of messed up. But like, give credit where credit's due, yeah. first of all, but like realize at the same time, you didn't create shit. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like how people people name exercises after yes. themselves. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. That's not physically possible. The push performance wall side. Yes. That's the wall, what would, the wall what would What would the DJ press be? Uh, I don't know. Drinking coconut water. It's not a like, press though. It's like a raise. I don't. I, I don't really have it's one. I, 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 my shit. This shit I do is so easy, bro. Like I don't. 
my shit's so boring. When I look at papers, like this is such a basic program for elite individual. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to have somebody stand on a BOSU ball. Kind of in the same vein, what would you tell an athlete who there's so much on YouTube and everything, and there's a lot of things that are come across as truth, right? And trying to figure out what's true, what's not, and how to, they can educate yeah. themselves as well to take care of their bodies. The problem is you see all these, these cool, big name athletes mm-hmm. training in a certain way. Yeah. Right? Guys running in sand, standing on BOSU balls, doing uh, back running squats. Running in sand. Oh, my God. You know, that's another episode. Like, in, like, yeah. Push you know, If you don't play, if you don't play beach ball. Hands on a band with doing push-ups and feet on a BOSU ball or a physio ball. You know, like cool exercise. What are we doing? The risk and the reward, first of all. Second of all, there's no kind of response that our body's gonna get that's any kind of benefit out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've been in an earthquake, that shit moves. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like learning, like that that's the problem now with there's so many access to so many coaches. Like you can find shit, you can find High quality. It's hard for kids to know. It's hard for kids to know. Like, there's good branded. There's there's stuff that looks all pretty on Instagram. Yeah, with five hundred thousand followers, right? Yeah, but like that's not gonna help. Like, it's not gonna help you and your personal shoulder. And that just comes down to like, I think that comes back to what we do, and that's like making a program for what your body is. Like, it's not a it's not a one size fits all thing that you can just grab off Instagram. First of all, if you if you're having trouble just standing there on an exercise, though, like you should probably not do it. Unless it's a bigger problem. Yeah, we got bigger issues. You yeah, know what I mean, take the boosted ball out of here. But at the same time, we just need to educate guys on what's real life transfer transfer to the field versus what's not. Yeah, you know. I, mean, I think it also comes down to is like you know, like doing your own research, but then fact checking your own research. You know, like. You know, don't be don't be scared to ask that person questions and challenge them and, you know, figure out why they're doing what they're doing. And then also, you know, when you see something on social media or online, you have to also look at it as like that's the one thing you're viewing versus possibly what that coach is trying to obtain over the course of the entire program as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what you might see online might be working for that guy in that video, but you also don't know what they did before. You don't know what they did after. You don't know what they did the week before. You don't know what they're doing two weeks later. Um, so, you know, it just comes down to, you know, looking at something and then trying to take that and also look at the bigger picture with it. You know, you can't just take one thing and then run with it and assume that's that's it. Like, that's my one ticket punch to throw in 100. You know, that's kind of like, I think I was talking to... Um, an athlete and a coach yesterday back there um, in the gym and you know they come over and they ask you like how do I like how do I throw you know hard and it's like they're looking for just one thing and it's like well that's that right there is just the wrong question to begin with you know if you're looking for just a one quick fix take this it's purple like, pill and you're yeah you know like take this one pill and you know you're gonna go <laughs> throw a hundred you know it's not it's not that simple and if that's what you're looking for then like I, I'll tell you right now this this isn't the game or the sport for you anymore um, you know it's there's a lot that goes into, you know, throwing hard and then also, you know, being an elite hitter as well. You know, if you come over and you're like, hey, like, what's one thing that's going to, you know, exit low? I'm, I'm not a hitting coach, but I can tell you that probably pisses off a lot of hitting coaches because there's a lot more that goes into hitting than just one drill. 
you know, and that's the same thing with pitching. And then that's also just hitting all the time in general. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, and then it's the same thing with us coaches on the strength side. It's like, there's not one thing you can do that's going to make you an elite athlete or an elite mover. It's a, you know, it's a process, it's a journey. It's, you know, whatever you want to call it, but it's, you know, when you see something on social media, that's, that's one little snippet of that entire person's program off season, you know, whatever it may be. So you have to look at that, ask your own questions, do your own research, and then, you know, don't be afraid to challenge that person, send them a DM, comment right there, and just, you know, don't do it in an attacking manner, obviously. That's something I've learned in my young coaching careers, you know, like, I just blast people on social media sometimes. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I, I didn't know, that's 10 years ago, right? Well, that's where, you know, it's like, but it's like I'm just saying, you don't you don't have to even do it in an attacking manner. You no. can legit just ask the person, like, hey, this is just an honest but question. But in our industry, you... though, there's going to be so many egos. Yeah, Some and that's like, where... I need to answer this. If the person you has know? a problem answering, then they probably, they might not know why they were doing it anyways, and then that might show you or, you know, other viewers, like, or, you know, followers, like, all right, maybe I need to be a little bit more careful with what I'm taking away from this coach, is if... You know, they can't answer, you know, a simple question or, you know, they can't explain, you know, their reasoning behind what they're doing with that athlete, you know, regardless of the yeah. whole picture. If they can't just kind of explain a little snippet, then... Well, it's something I always tell you guys, right? We always need to have a why behind every single exercise, everything that we program for athlete. And we need to be able to tell the athlete why, right? If you can't, yeah. if you can't answer the why, I think don't program it. Exactly. I think that's something we need, we do well, is I know we do it, is... You know, I've seen you do it. I've seen you do. It. I've seen all of you guys do it. Is you program exercise X, right, or movement X, and you have an athlete doing it. It's like this is why we're doing it. This is what we're trying to do, and this is where it's going to go, right? Uh, that's kind of where we're at in the customization side of things. You know, where each athlete learns something every time they come in here. And that's how, like, if you that's how you you take an athlete and say, look, like this is why I want to do an external rotation and scat plane versus down here, down like pinned on your side. If you if you don't have the serrated strength to hold scat plane and do this, well then we have to pick, a, pick something else. And you have to have a why for what you need to do. You can't just train shoulder external rotation and just be like, all right, that, that, we just need that. And then I just picked one because I threw it at a, at a dartboard and like that's the one, I, that was the one I picked. Like you pick, and that relates to everything. You, you pick something for a reason, trying to achieve something. Like the best, the best corrective exercise is choosing the correct exercise. Yeah, but we got to know what good movement looks like before we try and dive into corrective exercises, right? So many people try and say, you know, this corrective exercise when they don't even know what proper movement looks like in the first place. Well, I, that's not what I was saying. I was saying oh, like sorry. the best, like choosing correct exercises is okay. the best corrective exercise. That yes. Just like strength training is arm care. Yeah, like if you if you lift That's, the right way and train the right way, like you don't like need to go. So ahead. many parents email us and ask us where our arm care programs are. It's like it's stronger in end range positions. It's the there whole strength go. position. You know, the arm is really the smallest piece of the puzzle. Exactly, and so many times, so many arm care programs don't train don't train end range. Right, and that's something that I know I've taught you. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to boost myself. Like some of the, we we put guys in a lot of end range positions in all joints to yeah. stabilize. You know, yeah, you can't just have strength about. in mid range. That's something that me and Taylor have had endless talks about too. Like understanding where different muscle actions are and where like going like down to the biomechanics of it and understand where like the maximum force is at, whether it's at short range, mid range, or end range, and like understand why you would want to attack different ranges in 
different athletes at different times. Mark, what do you guys say? <laughs> <laughs> you can't even get it out. Just drink a lot of water, stay hydrated. It's <laughs> a good start. <laughs> Eight hours of sleep every night. Yep, that pays. <laughs> my, uh, my job here is different than these guys' job. My job is to continue to bring value adds to our to our customers, our athletes, something that is beneficial to them to get better um, after these guys do all their thing, which is what we do well is the training piece, but to continue to bring things, we're working on a few new things right now with a national uh, hitting analytics partner. We're going to launch that in June. We're working on a softball program. We're going to launch that in May. Um, we've got a mental coach that's a big league mental coach that's going to start training our guys over the summer. Um, just some just some things that can just get just more things that are, make our guys better what, and give them an edge. What's something that you see on the business side where most new businesses fail? How do they fail? Why do they fail? Well, most businesses start out just trying to monetize everything. And we just do it a little different here. We start out, you know, caring about the athlete, trying to make guys better. And then it's DJ and I've had an interesting partnership. I mean, we, we I learned really quickly that DJ would do this for free. And it, it was kind of an interesting way for me to start. Um, so now we just start with the athlete and making guys better and making guys more healthy. And then we try to figure out how do we keep the lights on after that. And it's been, it's been fun. And we feel like our pricing is below fair, which is where we're going to keep it. You know, it, it, there's going to be times where we do what we do, but uh, compared to our, our competitors, we try to keep it low because we want to put the guys first. So from a business side, it's a little bit different than any other businesses that I've I've been in. I would normally try to maximize every nickel. And here we're kind of starting the other way around. We're starting with the product first, which is keeping guys healthy and making guys better. And then really it, it kind of makes the back end work automatically. Yeah, I mean, without the product, you don't have business. Right. 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 I mean, it's like you said, it's, like I told you when we first started this thing, it's way different animal than any kind of business that you've ever been a part of. Ashton, you're going through that yep. right now as our marketing marketing manager, mm -hmm. you know, and it's completely different. Yeah. What's the biggest thing that you've seen on the business side that's different from a normal business that so you can read all the business books you want. And Brandon, you read business books all the time. I know that like, yeah, you know, like what's the biggest thing you've seen? Um, one thing just cause, um, for those who don't know, I used to be in a corporate setting. So even just, communicating with people. I talked on LinkedIn and those kinds of things. Um, but the biggest thing lately is as soon as when you're, you know, marketing or creating content, a thing that could be good literally last week, it just is now it's something new and everyone's doing something different constantly. And we, and we always want to come across that, you know, we're, we're trying to provide value with our content. We don't want to just put out all these ads and this is what we're doing. And we really want to educate our audience, educate parents, educate the athletes in all different levels and just show them our culture um, from a marketing standpoint, why we're different. We're not just a regular gym. We're not just having guys in and out, but it's truly like there's guys that come in here. I see them at 8 a.m. and they leave at 5 p.m. and they're here all day long. So capturing that and showing the value of that as well. Um, yeah, and just adoption, I think. That's just that it's different every single day, which is fun. It's exciting, but not getting stuck in. Like in my old job, I did the same thing every day at the same audience. I reached out to these people, but yeah, just remembering too that these are, you know, guys on that we're helping these guys on their journey to get, you know, wherever that goal is. 
and thinking of it that way instead of like, here's my ad, this is where I'm putting it, and this is I think that's perfect. It's also delivering what we show you guys on social media, right? Totally. That's yeah. Something that we just had a conversation about, you know? Yeah. You know, we want to over deliver what we're showing. Like, this is truly what you get. What you see on social media, we're not going to fabricate anything. Yeah. It's real. Like, this is real shit. Yeah. You know? This always coming back to but that too, the why. Why are we sharing this random photo? It's not random. It actually is showing something that we think is will educate our audience. So it all kind of comes into our, our mission statement, if you will, <laughs> make keeping that why important. What, what have you guys learned? Like, what have you learned on the business side of being inside the fitness industry? I've, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. I've been in several businesses, and uh, this is kind of my first membership model where there's a lot of ways to really maximize this that would not be the right thing for our guys that I've kind of had to DJ and I've had a hundred talks about my, what my ideas are to make the most money aren't the best way to fit our culture and our, our clientele. So we've had to really make a hybrid version of how to maximize dollar bills, but keep, keep our brand and keep our culture. And, you know, for example, I mean, we've, we've got several States that want us to open up a push performance and, we're not prepared to deliver our culture and our brand and keep the quality at the level that DJ has built. And so we haven't done it as much as I want to do it. I know that the, on a, on a spreadsheet, it's the right, right thing to do, but to keep our brand and to keep our model intact, we can't, we're not ready to do that. So we're going to go slower, which isn't, isn't, hasn't been my nature in my career, but it's definitely the right thing to do in this business. Yeah. I mean, it's just a different world with, there's so many different sectors of our business, right? Where you have the pro sector, college setting, high school setting, private sector, right? Mm -hmm. Or we're the only sector where we have to actually go out and get business, right? And we're putting our, essentially our, our nuts on the line to, you know, to market ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have a college strength coach who's like, this is what we're doing. If you like mm -hmm. it, ask me a question, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, here it's like, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. You know, there's, mm -hmm. it goes way more into depth of the whys, I think, in this, in this. Like, what's so different with a college setting than the, the private setting for you? Because I think, and you too, like pro setting, right? So what's the biggest takeaways you see from the two different settings that, you, that you've seen business-wise or even just training-wise or both? Business-wise, if like in college, at least there's not really a business, like there's not case quitting yeah, in season. If they quit, if they yeah, they quit, they're they're going to a different school. Right? Yeah. So it's like everybody has to be there and like it's not your job as a strength coach to like please every single one of these kids. It's like they're there to work with you and be on the baseball team. Whereas like here it's like we're we're also I think a little bit more personal with the guys. Whereas in college it's a lot like, okay, come in, do this, do this, do this, okay, you're your hour and a half's up, go to class, whatever. Whereas like here it's like we could have a kid in here for like Ashton said, like six seven eight hours just because they want to hang out whereas like in college you're not going to get that you're not going to get and like you can have a good culture in college but like it's a different type of culture here it's a more personal culture um i mean with the i mean with the pro guys like i've created friends and i'm sure dj has friends like dj goes golfing with some of the pro guys like every once in a while like it's a lot it's a lot of fun to like more like a lot yeah um 
But he calls like, it marketing. It, it, he calls it marketing. Business know. deals get done on the golf course. That's, <laughs> that's what start, they say. Everybody that plays too much golf, that's what they tell their wife. I'm doing business out there. Um, we got a business meeting today. We got a business meeting today at 345. We got everything set. We're not good enough to be in that business meeting. Brandon's fine. He's good. You're definitely not good enough. Eric, we're not good enough. What would be um, but yeah, just like the culture and like the private setting versus the college setting is just it's a lot different. It's a lot more personal on the on the on the strength side or on the personal training side, which is why I chose to come over here. It's a lot more fun. I thought it was good. A girlfriend. That's what that was. That was half. <laughs> that was half. Well, they have a choice. Full disclosure: I offered Taylor the job. So Brand was our first hire. Taylor's our second hire. I offered Taylor the job, and he didn't want to answer me. He said, I did. No, he said didn't. No. He said no. He said no. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said no. no. I think what you said. But now he's here, unfortunately. So I don't I don't know. He's turned us down. Once, and then I took it. Were, were your sloppy seconds? Yeah. I, call, I called you back the second time. Yeah. You, did. you gave me crap for it. But yeah. I almost said, screw you, man. We're going to find somebody else. They always come back. Whatever. They always come what about, back. What about you, Eric? So, you're like an athlete, bro. You're like, quit, come back. Quit, come back. Quit, come back. Were you in, were you in, were you in for a long time? Were you, were you in season? Never. Yeah. You, you were in season during that time? Yeah. Oh, okay, got you. COVID, COVID <laughs> ruined everything. COVID ruined everything. What's up, Eric? What you got? Uh, what's what's the, the, the Indians in here. What you got? So I've gotten to work in college, too, a little bit. Okay. And uh, Damn, you've been so, all over. Yeah. Private. Lifetime in Mr. Yeah. Worldwide. Uh, I was a, I was a <laughs> At least you're getting paid for this one. I was one. a grad assistant. At least you're getting paid school, for this one. So. But, uh, I mean, luckily, when I went from Krusty to the Indians, it was actually like a really similar transition because the way the the Indians have it set up. It's kind of almost like a, like a semi-private model, but you know the athletes are guaranteed to be there because if they're not there, they're getting cut or sent down, and no one wants to be sent down. So, create as much of a, like good connection with each of the athletes, which I feel like I do a pretty good job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you do great. I mean, I'll give you I mean, home, you do great. That's, all, all that's the good kids, man. That's you know, the biggest like, difference in the in private sector. Like people, they're they're paying to come to you. Like there's other companies around. It's not like their college makes them work out with DJ. They want to work with DJ and push and everybody, and like they want to be here. And if they don't want to be here, they're not going to come. So every every month, like we have monthly membership. So every month is a monthly tryout or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we want to earn. And if we, we want to earn their business every month, right? Yeah, we like if, contracts. We if want to earn we, somebody's business every month. Exactly. That's a lot like, of pressure on all of us. If we don't deliver right. a good product, then next month they're going to be somewhere else. And you're not going to have a paycheck. Exactly. What? <laughs> <laughs> Something about a paycheck. <laughs> For real though, right? But yeah, I mean that's where like and in here it's if you don't put up if you don't put off a good product, then you're not gonna have like nobody's gonna come. You're not gonna have a business anymore. You're not gonna yeah. make money, you're gonna live on the side of the street in a box. Thanks for that's true about every business. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's any business. Any it's, business. it's not a product or customer satisfaction. Bad product, bad service, go broke. I, I look at it this way. This is how I provide for my family. Right. This is how mm -hmm. I feed my kids, you know, so like I'm going to give everything I can to you guys as a staff, to our athletes, to, you know, everything, you know, and, you know, we're so fortunate to be in a position where we're able to sit down with so many coaches and talk about these kind of things, in my opinion, mm -hmm. you know, and it's pretty cool to see where Brandon, Brandon, you and I, especially Brandon, I, I started working with Brandon at a 24 hour fitness. How many years ago? 2009, 2009. 
Yeah. So it was 12 years ago. And homeboy started throwing hard. <laughs> <laughs> it was him and uh, I'll, I'll name drop a guy. Kevin Gosman is my first two athletes. I think Brandon actually threw harder than Kevin at the time. Yeah. <laughs> how about now? How much weight did you help Brandon gain, by the way? He actually got up to like, what, 163? 163? Yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah, that's pretty huge. Yeah. That's me. It's just cool to see where we together have came from, and then we bring you guys into it, and then bring the guys from Colorado. That's where it initially started is Colorado. Right, that's that staff right there. He got mistaken as father's son. Yeah, Brandon. We were playing catch in a twenty-four hour parking lot, and a lady walked by and goes, "Oh, is that your son?" And uh, I, I said, like, "Wow, hell? how young do I look?" She goes, "Wow, how old do I look?" <laughs> <laughs> Shit, two thousand nine. I was kind of old. That's twelve, 12, 12 years ago. How old were you? Man, I was twenty years old. About this time too is the summer. Twenty-four years old, and I had an eighteen-year-old. Yeah. What the hell, oh boy? Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. Parents are proud. Congrats. <laughs> All right, guys. That's good for today. Anything else? Anything you want to close on? I like it. No? Good? Eric, you got anything? No. Good now? Nice. No, good. At least now we're done. All right, guys. Appreciate y'all. <laughs>